0: Phil, it's like radio show where they say that so-and-so person has requested a song.
1: Yeah. A shout and we'll you
0: love out. it. You we'll love it.
1: Long distance shout out.
0: Shashi,
2: <laughs> it's his birthday and he wants us to play My Way. Can we do that? Yeah. Spin it up. <laughs>
1: Chris Lockhart. Welcome to another episode of Consultants Saying Things. Today, I'm joined by Shashi Sharmali and Phil Yanoff, and Bill is not with us today. But today, we're talking about platform modernization, all right? This is about technical debt. This is about legacy IT. This is about business transformation things of that nature they're all sort of interrelated and um, it uh, we have sort of uh, some some disagreement among the, the panel here about uh, what it means and what that problem really is but over the course of this podcast you're actually going to hear uh, what we think um, in response to a number of questions that were asked on LinkedIn about this topic so uh, you know listen up and maybe you, your question will be in here so first uh, Shashi I want to ask for Shashi thanks for joining you look good. You know, uh, I'm, I'm emulating the beard. I'm trying to trying to look as uh, sophisticated as you there. Uh, keep what, trying, keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. Yeah. So uh, give give me the thirty seconds. What what do we mean when we say platform modernization?
0: Yeah. So typically, um, the way people perceive that as it's more of an IT thing. But when I talk about the platform, platform encompasses both business and IT. So basically, you are talking about modernizing your technology stack, modernizing your processes. And modernizing the people above all, in order to serve your uh, next generation of customers um, within the industry. So that's what platform modernization, to me, is. But the way it's perceived is, it's more like you replace your legacy system with the new modern tools, you know, such as a new ERP platform or your uh, Salesforce platform. But I don't think that's the case. Uh, if that is how people are perceiving it, it's bound to fail. Well,
1: so I mean, you know, to Kind of sounds like some stuff that some consulting partner somewhere made up in order to like sell a platform, right? Oh, did you know you've got technical debt? Ooh, right? Like you know, you need you know our our consulting services to to help you retire that and um, and get rid of it. I mean, you know, Phil, is this a made up problem? What?
2: Well, so I mean, I'm going to kind of I wanted to bounce that back to you for a second. I mean, the first part of this is you know modernization, right? I mean. I get that. Now the technical debt. I mean, I guess that in that case, you're just saying this is the stuff that we own and we the, the opportunity cost of being in it as opposed to being in something else. That's the technical debt, right? I mean, and we've got to decide whether we're going to do something about it or not. I mean, I get it. I'm kind of with you. It's a consulting term to speak. Spe- uh, spread fear, uncertainty, and doubt. There's a sort of FOMO in this. Oh, by the way, you guys aren't on version J. I mean, it's still back on H. What's wrong with you people, right? Um, but I, I think it's there is something like that. But on the other hand, we also know that You know, we're in a space, right, where the the platform, and when I say platform, I mean the software that the guys develop that we're working on top of typically, right? But those platforms, they undergo these changes, and they're saying, oh, this is the benefit of being in the cloud, or this is the benefit of being software-driven or digitally-driven, that we can make changes to it, and that, you know, this is going to be good because you're going to get new features. Me, as the user or the developer on that platform, I'm going, Holy cow, these dudes are moving the furniture every time I look around. It was it had nothing to do with me. You may call it a new feature, but everything I was used to moved from here to here. I don't know that that was better. I've got a training burden now on top of that, right? yeah, I mean that's
1: interesting. you know I you know, Shashi, when you sort of suggested this as a topic, I have to be honest with you, I was thinking of it probably. The way you're describing that people should not think about it, right? Um, you know, there is this idea that, like, um, okay, oh, you're going to do a platform modernization. If I'm a, if I'm in the business, I'm a business stakeholder, right? You know what that sounds like to me? It sounds like I'm going to have to give up a lot of money so that I'm going to pour it down the black hole of IT cost center while you upgrade from version one point one point eight to one point one point nine. And who the hell cares other than like? all the gearheads the with their beanies that have propellers on them, right? They're all super happy. I'm going
0: to have... stop you right there. You, all use right. The wo- you use the word IT as a cost center.
1: Yeah, I know. I knew that would get you wrong. going.
0: <laughs> if, you are thinking about, if you are thinking about that in today's world, that itself is something is wrong, right? So that's Tell me more. You
1: know. Tell me more. Why? Yeah. Why is it wrong?
0: I mean, it, 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 that's a whole together a different topic around the role of IT within modern day organizations, right? So the modern day organization also needs to modernize. So your IT's role needs to be changed from being a cost center to the front end, but that's a whole together different topic. But what I want to say is, let's say you bought a new house, right? Um, everything in your house, even paint or plumbing and everything has a shelf life, right? You got to modernize or you got to renovate your house. So another way to look at modernization is you need to continue to renovate, take your car for servicing. And when the lease time is over, in three years you got to look for another car right i got to learn to drive it if you don't want to drive it to phil's point you can continue to drive fancy bmw what you have been driving you don't go and drive porsche or anything of that sort so that can minimize your training risks but you need to renovate you need to modernize sometimes you go to you know fancy apartment in manhattan sometimes you live in suburbs with a five uh, you know, five-bedroom house. You need to continue to evolve. You need to continue to modernize.
1: All right, but so like, look, I I understand sort of two pieces of this, right? On the one hand, I do understand sort of um, the traditionally more IT approach to this, which says, you know, look, I got to keep up with the latest version of the gonculator right out there, so that I can do whatever I need to do for the business and that's gonna require a certain amount of investment. But that's sort of like, that's run, right? That's running the business, that's that's business as usual, i I'm running, it's keeping the lights on, I got it, this is part of the cost of doing business.
0: Exactly, so right? that's an upgrade. That's what you call is you're upgrading yourself, it's not really modernizing. When mm-hmm. you are going from version 8.0 to 9.0, you are just upgrading yourself, and so that, you know, and the rationale for that is, sometime your vendor will stop the support for right. that right sometimes it's a new feature which you can do fancy stuff within the it realm not really impacting the users sometimes you can build new capabilities for the user but modernization is kind of ripping and replacing it with a completely modern day platform that's a little more radical as compared to upgrades
1: okay all right so upgrading we agree table stakes everyone has to do it right you got to upgrade you got to patch you got right. to that's running the business, right? When we're talking about here is really, okay, if I'm gonna modernize, what I'm really saying is, you know what, instead of doing that, I'm just gonna use an example, instead of doing that uh, on premise in my data center with servers that I bought from IBM uh, on a depreciation schedule, with software that I'm paying, you know, by the CPU for, instead of running it that way, with in-house development, writing the code, I'm going to get rid of the legacy infrastructure, the, the cost associated with that, and I'm going to do as needed cloud sort of uh, delivery model for that. Maybe I still use my in house developers, but now the cost of doing that is is shifted a little bit uh, in in different ways. And so, you know, that is that's modernizing, right? That's because you're cha- you're changing the underlying way in which IT delivers. Would you agree?
0: i i would i would 100 agree with that i mean what is the rationale what is the driving factor behind this modernization effort is well, it
1: really off? well i want to hear your point but like that's sort of my second piece of it so that was the one that the second piece of this and i want your reaction to this and phil also right it's like you know when we say modernization and we talk about a platform doing a lot of air quotes right but um you know it's not it right it's you know we're not talking about it we're talking about the processes um, we're talking about how the business actually uh, delivers a, a product for their their customer, right? There's if I'm this business stakeholder, I gotta look at platform modernization as my problem, right? It's not it's not a patch to a server. That's not modernization.
2: It's not an IT thing.
1: It's not an IT. Right. Thing. Yeah. So
2: are you saying too, Chris, that when you're talking about platform then, that you might mean the business platform even more than the technical platform on which you built yes, the absolutely. software?
1: Absolutely, right? So okay. give you a real-world example, right? I have a client. They have multiple lines of business, right? When they do a platform modernization, right, they are not modernizing the AIX servers running WebSphere version 8.0, whatever. They're right. modernizing the bank delivery process. Yeah. And everything that goes with that, right? It's like a business architecture thing. It's not like a, a propeller head thing in the data center, right? Sorry to the propeller heads out there that are in the data yeah. center listening to the podcast. But, you know, I, I really think it's like, I'm going to, if I'm doing a platform modernization, I'm modernizing how I do bank. right, Right, right? how whatever.
2: I act as a bank to these yeah. people or to this specific customer set right. or whatever. Right. Or if, I, if
1: I'm doing loans, right? It's like, how do I modernize my, the loan? All, think about all the things that go into a loan, right? Both from the customer perspective, I got to research and Google and, and then I got to, you know, apply and, and all these different things. And then I got to pay and then I got to go into the portal and look at my, you know, my statement and all that. from the customer side, from the, the, the internal side, right? It's like, well, I need to know who you are and I have to originate the loan. I have to underwrite it. I have to do all these things, right? Right. right. Go into it. If I'm going to modernize, I'm modernizing that. I'm not modernizing whether it runs on Linux or Windows or Amazon, whatever the heck it is, right?
0: Yeah. So let's right. let's take let's take a step back, right, and think about three pieces of the puzzle, right? People. I mean, I'm this is a cliche thing. People, process, and technology, right? If you are looking at just modernizing just the technology piece of it, what are you going to do? You had a 20, 25-year-old system. you want to replace it with more modern either ERP system or a CRM system, right? So what, what are you going to do? You'll go to the business and if you're not changing the process, then you try to replicate your existing processes which are catering to your existing uh, you know, users of the system and then completely customizing the heck out of these modern systems. And then you live with something which is worse than a technical debt. If you are not committed to Modernizing your process and people, I would highly recommend stay away from modernizing your technology. Stay away from it because it's then a it's, it's, a, it's a disaster.
1: That's a bold statement.
0: all right we, yes. on
1: this on this thread I want I want to go to we had some we had uh, LinkedIn questions, right that I, I basically I, I may have told you guys I sort of preempted all of this yesterday. I was uh, inspired. Um, in the middle of my inspiration, I sent out a LinkedIn post where I was basically saying, "Like, listen, we're going to talk about this subject, and uh, we got some we got some responses, of some things that people thought might be interesting to discuss." So, I want I want to want to ask this question uh, to you guys, and I I have a perspective on it as well. Um, Diana Alt, um, a self-described product geek. Agile and product management coach, consultant, and some other things, which trailed off. She does a lot. That's the
2: great thing about LinkedIn. We can have a lot of stuff in that list. That's good.
1: She does a lot. Okay, there's a lot going on in that. But but she would she you know on this thread right? She wants to kind of understand you know how you get business leaders and technology leaders. I feel like technology leaders are probably talking about this kind of thing already through their lens. But how do you get business leaders and technology leaders sort of in the same room? to talk about this as a business problem, instead of well, just ai I'm gonna upgrade the software.
2: Yeah, and I think, you know, I know you guys, you've spent a lot of time doing this, but you know that as she describes the problem, she says, I've seen a lot of bad communication in this space. And it's typically because the business leaders and the technical leaders haven't previously established trust as they go into this process, right? And so they see themselves as an adversarial relationship as opposed to a cooperative one. And you got to figure out how to make that turn. And I am sure that you guys have had to be in spaces where, oh my gosh, these these cats are all battling when they should be helping each other.
0: So I have an interesting take on this, right? So remember, Chris, you said the role of IT would be more important. If IT is a cost center, then IT has to prove to business why they need to modernize. And moment you are having that kind of conversation, I think that's an uphill battle, right? So the key part I feel is, you know, the eventual goal is for both business, people in the business and people in the technologies, eventually improve the outcome. That's what is important. If the goal is common, it shouldn't be hard to get people in the room. And element of trust is extremely important. Yeah, so but I agree with you.
2: To your point though, to the outcome is whatever the business objective happens to be at the time. Because I mean, those shift from time to time, right? I'm sometimes I'm about cost containment. Sometimes I'm about revenue generation. Sometimes I'm about yeah. better customer service in one area or another. And that's where those people have to get together. And I think there's a pretty valid history of that is not the technical group doesn't always get that.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's actually a good point. I mean, Diana mentioned in her comment, you know, normally what she hears is like, you know, the engineering team, right. Is saying like, well, we got to upgrade this or we have to pay off this technical debt. Right. And it doesn't resonate with the business. And one of the things, you know, on a down further in the same thread, um, you know, Howard, uh, you know, who's a principal consultant and enterprise architect, he actually, you know, responded to this and he said, listen, you know, it's not up to necessarily always up to the engineering team to sort of convince the business, right? It's up to the business to lead on this, that this is a business problem, not a tech problem. And so the business has to sort of, you know, not just collaborate, not just be present, not on the the racy matrix. They're not just informed, right? They are leading this,
0: it's, it's funny you say that. Right now, I've been I'm working on a proposal and it's about a contact center modernization for a health plan, right? So their uh, you know, client has already bought the licenses of Salesforce Health Cloud, of course, uh, without doing any kind of due diligence. They wanted it, they got the license, now they want to put a release out there by Q1 2020. Now, so when some of us were putting proposal together, we are saying, you know let's gather the requirements, we will build the system, and then we will deploy it for you now the conversation has to be more around i insisted and i removed or changed that requirements gathering phase and i said that this will be a business process led implementation so business will be at the forefront of it and upfront, i insisted that we do the business design type of exercise and follow on with the adoption which is the post implementation concern and not make it as an it implementation project so in a nutshell I 100% agree with you. Business has to lead this. Business has to be committed to this. Business has to be continuously engaged right from the business design to technical implementation, to adoption and change management, and not to stop there. Ongoing innovation leveraging these platforms.
1: Let me ask you a question though on that, okay? Yes, I agree with you 100%. Have you, Shashi, ever seen that happen?
0: Yes, (laughs) I have seen that happen. I have made that happen. Oh, okay. I'm proud of that project of ours. This was the exact conversation. So client came to me and said that, hey, uh, we we are getting on the salesforce journey and we are going to do the requirements. That's how I want your help to gather the requirements. I changed the conversation and to the credit of that person, and she's a chief marketing officer of a regional health plan. uh, And to her credit, she understood and appreciated that. And we undertook this Herculean effort And I had support from the CIO, henceforth chief revenue officer, and we were able to drive that. And that's one of the most successful projects in the entire company right now, just because of that. I have been successful in doing that. Doesn't happen often. I agree with you. Doesn't happen often. Probably ninety-five percent of the time doesn't happen. But the success—that is the—that is primary of the reason most of the platform modernization effort failed. Uh, You
1: know, Brent Stokes, um, who Phil, you and I both know. He's a he's a recruiter for IT um, in the healthcare Medicaid space, um, but he, you know he had a question around um, organizational change, right? So clearly, like any sort of platform modernization may involve skills, may involve uh, you know maybe some necessary you know uh, reassignments or dismissals or whatever. You know, so you know, you know how critical is it you know to bring in sort of that organizational change perspective when you're talking about a platform modernization. Phil, what's your perspective on that?
2: Well, you know, in my own experience, I mean, you have to get the organization ready for change. I mean, and the bigger it is, the more, I don't know if inoculation is the right word, but you've got to do something ahead of time to say, look, we are going to make some changes here and we got to figure out together where we are headed and get that buy-in. I think it can be, really difficult and certainly you know as you well know the days of sort of unilateral change where the IT department says using FUD as their trick right that we're going to make a change because otherwise we're screwed. Um, Those days are kind of gone and what you really have to do is kind of get the you know to get the organization ready because all those things fail. I mean in my own experience going through that stuff you know You got to get down to where the end users are adopting new systems. And my gosh, I mean, you know, you need the dog to walk along with the cart and not be pulling the rope at every step of the way, right? I mean, it just, it doesn't go anywhere if you don't get that buy-in that you were looking for. I don't know, Shashi, that's the way I see it. What do you think?
0: Well, 100% agree. Remember the way we define platform modernization, technology modernization, process modernization, people modernization, organization change management, is about people modernization. You are trying to change the way people interact with the system, people collaborate. Um, that's what exactly organization change management is. And if you really ask me, I think most of the time, more than 60% of the time, that is primarily the reason why there is no adoption and the technology modernization aspect fails because they are not able to change the behavior of people, they are not able to train people, people quit companies. Um, it's, it's probably single most, big one of the biggest reason why companies fail to modernize their technology I'm think, going to the platform.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's a really good point. In fact, I think there's a book about this. Um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> Playing the part of Bill Bensing. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, no, I mean, yeah, absolutely. It, you know, I think, but there's this, there's this, there's, I think part of the reason why it becomes a problem. I've been lots of places, right, where it's like, oh yeah, they agree we need organizational change and what they mean is i'm going to move uh jim from this box to this box it's like no that's not what we're talking about we're talking about you need to maybe you need to go from maybe waterfall delivery to agile delivery or you know, there's that's tr- change just moving boxes you know spans and layers that's not always organizational change and i think it It has a, you know, and uh, someone pointed this out on LinkedIn, it has sort of a dirty connotation, right? It comes up when you think of organizational change. A lot of people think of the movie Office Space where, you know, the bobs come in to basically fire a bunch of people, right? Um, And, and, you know, we're not talking about that. We're not talking about firing a whole bunch of people. We're talking about changing how you deliver from an organizational perspective.
0: All right. And then reskilling them, retooling them. And of course, identifying the gaps in your people—if that skill does not exist, which you need—you may need to hire.
1: Yeah, I mean, so let's let's talk about this. I mean, um, uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna I apologize in advance. I'm gonna butcher the name, uh, Vedislav uh, Antos. Um, so, the question here is really around: Okay, great, you know, we're gonna do all of this change. We're making all of these changes. How do I go about m- sort of modernizing? And keeping the lights on at the same time. How do I do both, right? And, and he gives a really good example, right? It's like you know I'm I'm renovating a house, right? Um, I'm re- or I've got a house I'm res- renovating the basement, but I'm not like you know fundamentally changing the house. Like how do I how do I do this? Is it is it building the plane while it's flying? Maybe that's yeah, another
0: great great point which he has raised and truly appreciate it. Uh, one of one another reason why most of the uh, modernization effort fail because you got to run the business, it's nobody's priority. And this is a multi-dimensional problem. And if you can find the solution to this problem, you will become multi-millionaire, right there. <laughs>
1: so, That's a good tip then, is that exactly. it?
0: Exactly, <laughs> so you know, who, who are asked, I can't pronounce the name, but whoever asked the question, go ahead and start something of your own, you are up for something big. Yeah, um, but,
2: but to be to be serious about this, right? Okay. You guys have worked on big projects that have big organizational change. I mean, non-trivial organizational change. That it requires a plan. I mean, there's an implementation plan. There's a communications plan. There's getting everybody involved. I mean, that is how you change the wheels on the wagon while you're dragging it down the road, right? Exactly. Yeah. So then,
0: again, yeah. I would break it break it down into three dimensions again people process tech. When it's about tech, how do you fly it? That's where your enterprise integration, and I'm going to be a little bit techy, apologies for people um, in advance. So around your legacy system, which you are trying to modernize, you've got to abstract it and build a layer around it so that you can easily replace that central piece part by part with a modern system. So that's the technology side of it. Process side of it, you need to design those interim processes or transient processes which will be active during this transition phase. So you need to pay special attention to that. Most of the time, people pay attention to current process, future process. But what about those freaking interim process where you need to do those things? These are the throwaway throw things. Third dimension is, again, the people side of it, where, again, you may need to give people multiple roles which they can play in the transient state before they get into that you know final roles. So, again, you've got to look at from those three layers and find solutions around that
1: yeah absolutely. I mean, you're very passionate about this, Shashi. I love it. Um, you know what what I was thinking is, I mean, I completely agree with what you said and Phil to your point. I mean, I think, you know, not to sell work, but it's like I think you need someone that has been there in the trenches with things like this before and kind of knows the things to look out for and avoid and to think about in advance. And your point, you need a plan. Of course. But, you know, what what a lot of people think of as a plan involves Microsoft Project and like 50,000 pages. And that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a plan that says, look, you know, we're here. We want to be here. And this is why I can quantify it with dollars that says if I get there, it will improve by X. And this is how I justify the work that's going into it. And and here are the interim steps along the way. And it's going to be disruptive. It's going to... Uh, require people uh, to change. And, you know, if you take 10 people in an organization, right, and you are in there to institute some sort of change, a platform modernization in the case that we're talking about, of the 10 people, uh, statistically, you're going to get something like two of them that are like, yep, let's go. I'm on board. Let's do it. Then you're going to have something like, you know, five in the middle that say, If you carry me, I'll go with you. Yeah, maybe, I, I, I haven't really thought about it, I don't know. And then you have the three that are like, no effing
2: way, right? Right, they're dragging no. you, right, I they're dug Oracle.
1: in. I know Oracle, and you're not taking away Oracle, right, that sort of right. thing. How do you get, the, how do you, you can't convince the three. three. The three want to kill you in your sleep, right? Smother you with a pillow, right? Uh, but how do you get, of those, you got the two on board, so now you just need three of those five in the middle, right? How do you get them? Yeah. How do you articulate a story around? Well,
2: those are, that's a bridging story. That's a classic marketing play, right? It's a bridging story. And it's, I, I get it. You don't know, you don't trust, you don't believe yet. But let me understand what the problems are that you see. What are the things that keep you from seeing this better future? And let's tell a bridging story to how we get to there, right? So look. I get it, I was a skeptic at the process at the beginning of the process too, right? And I didn't think this was even gonna be possible, but you know what? I looked at work I'd seen Chris doing in other places and I knew that he successfully pulled people into new systems. These guys know how to do it and I trust them and I'm wondering why you wouldn't trust them too. That kind of bridging story.
0: I would would approach this in a slightly different way. Um, One, that storytelling is a good idea, But I would say that, you know, let's go ahead and show them quick wins, let's actually do it in a smaller scale, show them quick wins, nothing better than something which you can do it in that particular environment, because they can say that, you know, this person has solved this problem within some other context. But our context is different. So let's always
2: So that's, by the way, I'm completely with you, Shashi, but that's one of the bridging stories. Every person thinks their problem is unique. Our situation, our business, no one sends out an invoice the way we do. No one does this process the way we do, right? It's always something like that. And so one of the stories has to be, you know what? I thought we were unique. People felt like that. But you know what? If we write this down, we can develop a process to get us to the new one. We just have to figure that
0: out. So I would say, like minimum viable products, show them quick wins, and then they will rally along with you. Because once you show them, they don't have any other reason to yeah. push back. Yeah,
1: yeah, you know, and that actually leads into another question from uh, Jorge uh, Goana, who's a software architect uh, in .NET and Azure. Um, and his his um, his point is, you know, look, you know, you don't always have to rip shit out. Oh, he didn't say that, uh, but stuff. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing. (laughs) You don't always have to rip stuff out, um, right? Sometimes the legacy stuff, while it's working, is all you need. You don't need to transform everything. And I think that's part of this sort of storytelling, right? And, you know, oh, my problem is so unique. Actually, you know what? Everyone has that problem with Lotus Notes, and the way to deal with it is X, Y, and Z. That's a terrible example because nobody uses Lotus Notes. But you get my point, right? Which is, um, listen, you know, some of these things that are legacy, if they work and, and and they're not part of sort of a strategic roadmap of what the future looks like. And it's like like uh, uh, I'll give you a real example, right? Uh, the printf function on a mainframe. Okay, mainframes exist no matter what people tell you about like they're all going away. But the printf function, there is no reason to transform and modernize the printf function. Just let it run and do its thing. You don't have to spend millions of dollars to fix that. That's not a problem. So, I mean, I think that that's kind of an interesting thing. I mean, his point is, you know, shiny new things are really attempting to follow, right? But, you know, legacy can still be better in some cases. Thoughts?
2: I I, I think you're right about that bit. And, you know, if it works, why are you messing with it? What is it you're hoping to get to? I think this leads to the other question also that was on there, which is that Winston had asked, which is, when do we call something legacy and when is it not legacy? And I'm not convinced that sometimes, you know, the industry will call something legacy because they want to sell you the new thing. The very definition of legacy is I've got a new one that I can sell you.
1: Right, like, like uh, Apple. Apple seems to have planned obsolescence, right? Sort of Yeah,
2: I, I mean, it's, it's aggressive planned obsolescence. Right.
0: Great, great, great perspective. So it's legacy not from the point of view of the vendor who is making you feel as if your system is legacy. The definition of legacy should come in within the organization when business feels that that particular platform, technology platform is not able to satisfy their need. That's number one. Second, uh, you know, liver, uh, the reason why people would want to modernize is if the skills are not available in the market, right? If it's becoming too expensive for you to maintain and manage that system, then you know that system is legacy. If you don't find a developer who can continue to support that particular platform, then you know it is a legacy. So there are various factors you need to consider, the reasons why you may need to modernize business desire and business ability. Support the business growth is one reason. But then skills becoming obsolete. Vendors stop supporting you know, a specific platform, vendor going out of business. Many times that happens. Vendor goes out of business, now what do you do? Where do you get support from? So yeah. all those are like IT-driven modernization initiatives, not really business.
1: You know, interesting. I think you know one of the things that is really at the forefront of a lot of people's minds right now certainly from like a a cio perspective or or you know within the the technology organization well that frankly the whole organization is cybersecurity, right and obviously there are daily um events uh, that highlight the importance of that and making sure that you're approaching things in the most modern way possible so that you have the best security uh controls and and whatnot um you know vincent he you know he asked sort of okay we're if you're talking about technical debt, is there such a thing as cybersecurity debt? Is, are they related? What what might be the difference? Shashi, you, you're shaking your head. Is that a is that a consultant thing that we made no, it up?
0: No, it's not a, a consultant thing. If you really see, right, I think there are so many things happening in the cybersecurity space. If I am applying one policy right now, in six months to one year, that policy may become obsolete. So there is a need for you to modernize, right? So it's the same thing. I personally feel a platform modernization or the technology modernization can happen in a multi-year time frame but security modernization or cyber security modernization has to be kept up to pace in the matter in the number of months time frame so yes it exists and companies need to be on the edge of it especially public companies before they become bankrupt
2: I mean, the whole concept of technical debt, right, is that we've allowed something to lapse into a state where it's going to be difficult to get it back out of that state up to current standards as they exist, right? I mean, cybersecurity has got to be, you know, a a very strong place in which people have kind of, they didn't understand what the problem was, they didn't understand what they needed to do about it, and they kind of let it go for some period of time, right? Right. And there are things that need to be done there. You know, I think about this from a cybersecurity standpoint, you know, it's particularly, I, I think in the cloud services side of this, right? So a lot of people have migrated this stuff to cloud and, uh, you know, from a technical desk standpoint, in this case, there are newer standards for security available on these cloud platforms, but they're not implemented widely. And that's why some of these companies find themselves in trouble is because they've not implemented the standards that are available for plugging these holes.
1: If you're the cat out there, right, that's, uh, you know, a practitioner in this space, then like, from, and, and by the way, there are kind of two sides to this, right? There's the the IT practitioner that's involved in a platform modernization effort, and then there's sort of the business stakeholder that may not know that really it's their problem at its core, right? Yeah. So, what what message do we have for for sort of these two sides of of the, the balance sheet here of the equation?
2: You know, from a technical debt side, I think that is completely appropriate for people in the technology space to say, look, it is part of our job to make sure we're not so far behind in platform development that we're creating a problem in the future that's difficult, right? We don't want our technical debt to acquire interest as we go along the way, right? I mean, we want to keep this thing up to date. So I think I get that as well. I'm sure Shashi's got more to add on top of that. But I think you have to keep that conversation fresh. And you have to do it in a way without sounding like you're always just, you know, you're passing around the cup, asking for more money in the technical budget.
0: So what is the outcome both business stakeholders and IT stakeholders want? Both of them eventually want to be successful. And let me tell them right now, they won't be successful if they don't collaborate with each other. If IT is trying to just modernize their system without you know, engaging or deeply engaging business or just keeping business at the bay, they will fail miserably. Same thing with business. If business does not get engaged and IT underlying IT platform is getting modernized, guess who gets impacted? They are the one who gets impacted. Their people won't be able to you know, do their job more efficiently, effectively, and eventually they will lose business. IT will still have a job, But they are the ones who are facing the heat of not generating enough revenue for the company and they will be out of business soon. So it's in their vested interest to keep an eye on what IT is doing. Don't say that this is not my business. IT is your business. It's part of your business. So you have to be with them um, shoulder to shoulder.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, if Bill was here, I think he said this before, right? Like every major successful company is a technology company at its core because the business of the business is, is in technology is part of the business. It is right. The business, right. It's like, I mean, so I, I agree on like a lot of this, right. Which is, you know, look, if you're the practitioner or you're let's say you're uh, you know, middle management or, or whatever um, low level executive management in, in charge of practitioners, you know, you gotta be thinking about the fact that like, look, you know, I, I have to be constantly running my business in the technology space with the keep the lights on mentality. Like I got to be patching. I got to be upgrading. Like that's just table stakes. You got to do that. That's, that's not modernization, right? Modernization is driven. I believe from a business perspective, which says I want to change how I process healthcare claims so that I can increase efficiency to reach some strategic goal that was set by the executive committee. And to do that, I need to do I need to process a claim in 15 seconds or whatever, right? Now, when I look at my my ability to execute that, and by the way, I'm making I want to be clear about this. It's not the business looking at IT and saying IT, how do I do, how do you deliver this for me? It's I am in the business and I have a colleague who mostly works in IT and together we are looking at how do we deliver this? Right for these goals, and you know the guy that knows the most about technology is going to say, "Look, I can't do it in 15 seconds with the stack I've got, and here's all the techno babble why it can't happen, um, and here's what I need to do to, to modernize the way I'm delivering so that we can do this together." Like I, it's it's got to be that kind of conversation. Otherwise, it's just a cost center, and you're. Just changing it from this widget to that widget, and nobody knows why, right? No,
0: so, you know the good, 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 part of being an IT cost center, Chris. You can go back home at five o'clock and play with your kids.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, that's good stuff. Uh, it, um, hey, uh, before we wrap up, Phil, I, I should I should point out you have a banner in the background there. Can you tell us a little bit about what that says? Back after you know, five. Tell me more yeah. about that.
2: Yeah, this is my. Uh, I I, uh, I had. I've got a Tech After Five step and repeat banner, right? It's like a little logo on it on the thing. So we use this at uh, our Tech After Five events. You know, people at times like they want a picture and they want the banner and they want our logo. And so we try to make it as easy as possible. So I thought the day I would stick it up and remind folks that, you know, one of the ways that they can connect with us, and let me tell you, they're already doing it and I love it. You know, I never go to any of our Tech After Five events without someone walking up saying, hey, I watch you guys on the podcast. I really enjoy this and that. And they, they talk about some of the things things that we've said on there. So I think that's really great. But, uh, you know, people can come visit with us in any of the cities we happen to be in. And if it's hard to find, it's just right there. Tech after five,
1: And it's ta5, ta5.com. Is that right?
2: Yeah. Ta5.com or techafter5.com. Either one will work. Yeah. Okay,
1: great. Thanks everyone for watching. Thanks for the questions. You know, visit us on YouTube. Um, that's where most of the videos are and all the back videos. There's a channel out there. And once, once we hit 50,000 subscribers, we can have a unique URL that goes along with uh, with the channel. But if you just Google it, you will you will find it really quickly. Um, uh, and also, you know, check out the website, consultantssayingthings.com. Um, all the videos are out there as well. And if you are only listening, you can find us on uh, Anchor or, you know, any, it's on iTunes, it's on Google, it's on Stitcher, it's, it's everywhere, so, uh, you know, look for that. And hey, listen, you know, like it and subscribe to it so that we can continue to do it. So appreciate it, guys. Thank you very much. And we will see you guys next time.
2: Thank you. Hey, guys, we love having you here with consultancy and Things and we need your help. So subscribe and like, press the bell, let yourself know every time we get a brand new episode out and you won't miss any of us.